genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski. And I'm Todd Mack. And this week we're discussing Troy and Gabriella from High School Musical 2 and Mal and Friends from Descendants. That's right, it is a Kenny Ortega double feature for our special 300th episode. There's no way we could do anything other Kenny than Ortega. Kenny Ortega double feature. <laughs> He is uh, unexpectedly on our Mount Rushmore, I think, of most discussed uh, creators that, that uh, in the history of the protagonist podcast. Uh, He's J- amazing. J.K. Rowling's going to be up there because we do a Harry Potter book every year. Uh, and I know we've done quite a bit of um, uh, uh, Jean Luen Yang. He's, he's probably in there. And, and then Kenny Ortega is got to be. Uh, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's been a fairly regular, mm-hmm. at least three or four there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't expect Kenny Ortega to be one of our go-to creators, but here we are. So for any listeners who are not familiar, High School Musical 2 is a 2007 Disney Channel original movie written by Peter Barsocini and directed by Kenny Ortega. And it starred Zac Efron as Troy Bolton, Vanessa Hudgens as Gabriela Montez, Lucas Gabriel as Ryan Evans, and Ashley Tisdale as Sharpay Evans. And it tells the story of high school students finding summer jobs at a country club and the personal and professional drama that ensues, accompanied by singing and dancing. Descendants was a 2015 Disney Channel original movie written by Josen McGibbon and Sarah Perriott and directed by Kenny Ortega. And it starred Dove Cameron as Mal, Cameron Boyce as Carlos, Boo Boo Stewart as Jafar, uh, or as Jay, son of Jafar, Sophia Carson as Evie, and I should shout out Kristen Chenoweth as Maleficent. And it tells oh, the story. Man. Oh, she, she owns the screen whenever she's on. <laughs> she's really good. Uh, it tells she's the story. so good. Of the children of Disney villains being introduced to the children of Disney heroes. Uh, short version of that. We'll get to a longer summary in a little bit. Todd, had you seen any of these before we watched them in preparation for our special 300th episode of the Protagonist Podcast? I have seen parts of these. I've listened to the music lots of times. Um, my kids really like both of these shows. Um, and... Uh, so I, I I don't think I'd seen either of them all the way through, but I have now. <laughs> uh, I'm similar. I, I had not seen either of them in their entirety. Um, my daughter has watched the Descendants trilogy several times. So by osmosis or in, in piecemeal fashion, I had seen most of the film and I, I, I kind of knew the whole plot, even though I never sat down and watched the, the entire thing. High School Musical 2, I think I had only ever seen the um, one song that a listener invited us to go and watch after we covered High School Musical 1. It was Troy. I'm trying to remember the title of the song. Is Uh, it Bet On It? Bet On It. That's the one. The golfing (laughs) one? Yes. On the golf golf course. After we covered the first High School Musical, uh, a listener had put uh, a link to Bet On It in the comments under the show notes. And I watched that. And... uh, you know what? There's uh, an earnest desire to be fully invested in the song that comes through from Zac Efron yeah. in that performance. <laughs> um, but that was all yeah. I had actually seen. My daughter has watched all of 
the high school musical film. She one reason we're doing this for a special 300th episode is our children. Um, let's just put that on the table right now. Some of it is also um, to, oh, yeah. to do, do you know high school musical two as a special 300th episode. That that feels a little funny to me. But also, my kids have started listening to a lot of the podcast, but they cherry pick the episodes they're most interested in. And my daughter has been telling me for a very long time that I need to do descendants. Well, I can tell you, uh, let me just double check when it came out for about what, uh, uh, is that one? Five years. Do we say 2015? <laughs> uh, yeah, 2015 <laughs> for about five years. She's been telling me I, <laughs> I needed to do descendants. Um, and, uh, high school musical got actually great feedback when we did the first one on the podcast. So it's kind of been, in the back of our minds to do the sequel, but because uh, my daughter has, has also asked that we do the next high school musical. uh, That is one of the reasons why we're doing this, uh, this special double feature for our 300th episode. Yeah. And your kids have no communication with my kids, but they are totally on the same page with this. They were, my kids were so happy when I told them that this was going to be episode 300. They were uh, all on board. And now, Andrew, I know you are a fan of uh, Disney Channel original movies, the uh, the early 2000s run, particularly, right? I mean, I mean, when we're talking DCOMs, there's some some specific like, Joseph, you got your ranking system of like you got four star superhero movies. Those are the, the true greats and, and three star and two star and, and so on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think DCOMs have a similar ranking system. You know, you've got your your top tier stuff that is at least very influential and memorable. And that also could be a result of frequent replay on the channel. Um, (laughs) And so just just uh, quality by exposure. You know, they kept (laughs) showing it. (laughs) I'm I'm making it a thing now. So they just kept re-showing it. And it's like, well, I mean, this is the stuff, I guess. Now, Todd, you... (laughs) As a parent, you know, uh, sometimes there may be efforts to induce quality by exposure of, we're watching Star Wars again, kids. We're watching it again. You're going to like this. I I started Star Wars probably five years too early with my kids. (laughs) And they were like, Dad, what is this? Uh, But now they're all on board. So I guess quality by exposure is a thing. Who knew? (laughs) But... And and it also like it, it becomes assumed that they're reshowing them over and over again because of the recognition that those are the quality ones. I mean, or somebody in programming is is connected to somebody who gets a paycheck. I don't know. Um, I really don't know why they would reshow particular films on a particular cycle, except for the ones that are holiday linked. Um, but yeah, like there's there's some top tier decoms and High School Musical is during like the big heyday of Disney channel, original movies. I mean, maybe towards the tail end of the heyday, but, um, but it was the biggest of the big, uh, you're calling them decoms. Is that the jargon for the, the insiders? Uh, uh the, that was the official jargon on the channel. I'm oh, pretty sure they would call them that in their advertising. I, th- I think that became I feel like used I've seen it in marketing on. Yeah. I think that was used on the Disney channel. Um, so they had like they did have a period where they were doing one of these a month, um, which is ah. which is a breakneck pace for some of this stuff. Um, and then and yeah, I the think production quality like... is so high. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's consistent. I mean, when Chris when Kristen Chenoweth comes in as the dragon and that smoke, my goodness, it's like as good as Finian's Finnegan's rainbow. What is that? I, 
I, w- like- I was going to say it, it, it holds up slightly better than Troy's reflection during bet on it. Oh, <laughs> hey, I have some notes about that. It'll come up in my, in my summary. <laughs> yeah. My kids had some notes about that. <laughs> Look, that's not, that's not Kenny's thing. Kenny's thing is making musicals, oh, <laughs> not, man. not visual effects. I gotta say watching two big dance numbers back to back. I started to catch some of Kenny's moves. Uh, <laughs> Having, having watched these in close proximity to each other, um, he, he's got, uh, there's an Ortega style, I think, that also, I immediately started thinking about, you know what, in Newsies, there's a lot of triangular human formations filmed F with a slightly rise, raised camera, <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of fist pumps into the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he knows what he's doing, and he, and he sticks with what he knows. Oh, he's oh, incredibly he's successful it. with it. Like there's <laughs> the, when you start to look at the numbers, the success of both uh high school musical and descendants is really astounding actually. Well, and, and then if you look at his like larger um, collection, I mean, you've got newsies and you've got Hocus uh, Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he doesn't make junk. Uh, well, a whole bunch of episodes of uh, Gilmore Girls. Like it was a surprise when we were doing Gilmore Girls that were like, "Hey, that I know the name of the director of this episode. It's Kenny." Uh, and then <laughs> I looked up. True, I had forgotten about that. I think he did a dozen episodes of Gilmore Girls. Um, so he f- he's floating through television shows as well. Um, yeah, and yeah. so he he makes his stuff and and it's pretty decent. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the highs and lows that other people have. Um, but that means he doesn't have the low points. <laughs> yeah, I feel like There's it's um... the Kenny. It's it's good for what it is. Yes, I think that's fair. And I, I think it's worth saying, Kenny knows what he's making. Yeah. And he's making it all out, but he's not trying to do anything beyond himself. Right. No, I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah. It's not and Hamilton, what? and he knows it. Yeah, and when you're making a Disney Channel original <laughs> and he, movie. I think he's probably okay with that. You've got a particular audience you're making the movies for. And based on my 11-year-old daughter... He's hitting his audience pretty spectacularly on the nose um, for what, uh, you know, who he wants to embrace this. And uh, and Todd, you're, you're saying like for your kids, this is also resonating, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what Aristotle talks about the good. And he says that a thing is good if it if it, uh, you know, fulfills the measure of its creation. Well, High School Musical and Descendants fulfill the measure of their creation. <laughs> it's like a watch is good if it tells time, and a candle is good if it, you know, lights up your room, and a decom is good if it reaches 11-year-old girls. And and so, you know, check the box. Yeah. Because these do it. Like, uh, there's sometimes a dismissiveness for stuff that isn't for uh, a general audience or for like uh, whatever you are as, as like the audience member, well, it's not for me. Therefore it's not good. And like, no, they're, they're making for a very specific audience, a kind of entertainment that Kenny Ortega has found the formula. Like he is, he's captured it and he's been able to not just captured it, but he's been able to replicate it, which you don't always have. Yeah. I would say that, uh, you know, something like newsies, I, I feel like is, yeah, more, uh, it was, it was seeking a broader audience, you know. That, <laughs> I feel that, like it's a broader audience, but I, I feel like it's a better, you know, like the, just the quality of that is mm-hmm. is really good. Um, and there are moments, you know, we'll 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 talk about these two films in, in some detail, and there are you know interesting things to think about. But anyway, they are what they are. All right, some trivia about these two films uh, with 
High School Musical 2. This was the sequel to the immensely successful High School Musical. So beginning in June 2007, Disney Channel began airing a weekly Road to High School Musical 2, which would not premiere until August 17th. So they they were really uh, prepping the build-up all summer long uh, in 2007. And it worked. High School Musical 2 broke viewership records with 17 million viewers. The previous record for the Disney Channel was 7.7 million viewers, and that was the first High School Musical. So I was one of those 7.7 million. <laughs> watching with the... my little with my little sisters on the day of the uh, you know the premiere. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I well I don't I had not seen that one until we did the episode, so I, I was not there with you. Um, so High School Music Two, uh, with that number, became the most successful Disney Channel original movie ever. But it was also the highest ratings for basic cable ever at the time. It would eventually <laughs> lose that title to an NFL game on ESPN. Um, but <laughs> in all of wow. cable history, High School Musical Two was the most watched thing in a single night. That's uh, amazing, and also. Including broadcast television, it was the most watched event of 2007. The most watched any anything on any channel in 2007, of uh, summer of 2007, was High School Musical 2. Um, and then also, it aired, so it premiered on a Friday night. They re-aired it on Saturday and Sunday. The second airing had 8.4 million viewers, and the third airing had 7.4 million viewers. So across the first weekend, it had 33 million viewers. And I'm sure there are repeat viewers in there. Uh, but still, that's 33 million people watched high school musical too uh or you know across those three nights uh just like the first high school musical high school musical 2 has been adapted into a stage musical the soundtrack debuted at number one on the billboard charts and it was the best-selling album of 2007 it sold 2.98 million copies in the u.s and 6 million copies worldwide that's uh, yeah this thing was it wasn't just a decom (laughs) Like it was, it was definitely reaching, uh, reaching out. Uh, one of the songs, "Humu Humu Nuku Nuku Apu Aa," was cut for time from the original broadcast, but it was included in an extended version that aired and was released on DVD. And that was definitely in the Disney Plus version. Oh, of the it's film so I good! I can't believe they cut it in the first one. Yeah. So if if you watch this on Disney Plus now, uh, "Humu Humu Nuku Nuku Apu Aa" is uh included in there which so glorious that is the state fish of hawaii if you're wondering uh (laughs) a couple years ago i was in hawaii with my daughter uh my wife and daughter we were able to take a vacation to hawaii and she became obsessed with being able to say the state fish of hawaii so uh (laughs) that that is how i was able to at least take a run at that like a football broadcaster practicing the the polynesian names (laughs) uh high school musical 2 has a 57 percent rating on rotten tomatoes um and uh yeah that's, yeah you know it's i think it, for decoms i would imagine that's fine you know that's uh because because the the critics on rotten tomatoes are not the target audience of the decoms <laughs> <laughs> so descendants uh descendants was written that by Joe and sarah perriott and directed by kenny ortega and it premiered on the disney channel on july 31st 2015 it had 6.6 million viewers for its premiere so the first high school musical had 7.7 its first week so so uh in a much different market you know almost a decade later it's uh still reaching an almost a similar number with its premiere which is pretty impressive um but tracking its premiere ratings and the dvr viewings uh and nielsen declared that um it was the fifth most watched original movie in cable television history so across all all uh, all cable channels and it has had two wow. sequels one was released in 2017 one in 2019 and its soundtrack also reached number one on the billboard charts uh charts 
And uh, one sad bit of uh, trivia, Cameron Boyce, who plays Carlos in all three Descendants films, he died at age 20 from complications of epilepsy. Um, and uh, so he's he's a, he's a charming presence in these films. So very yeah, sad. Yeah, he is. And it was he... just before the third one came out. Yeah, very sad that he was, he's gone much too young. Um, yeah, yeah. He's very good. All right. Well, before we move on to the full summary of High School Musical 2 and Descendants, Listeners, we want to thank you for listening to this episode, and we especially want to thank those of you who support us on Patreon. If you'd like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar per month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released. Well, there are no newly released films uh, or trailers, <laughs> uh, but it's where we talk about stuff. We just talk about stuff for a little while uh, every month, and eventually we will return to our old format of updating our fantasy box office, which has been quite stacked. Segment, uh, for most of this year but all patrons who support us with five dollars per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss so now on to the summaries now todd we didn't really discuss this beforehand and maybe alive as we're recording isn't the greatest moment should we do both films and then have a discussion or should we just do high school musical do have a little discussion about it then descendants and have a discussion i feel what? like we should do one and then the other and if you'd like i i see that you've done the work of uh, writing these out would you like me to read the summary i feel like you've been doing a lot of talking uh i mean yeah i'm gonna reach up for my water bottle right now and i will sit back and listen as uh as you tackle this okay okay high school musical 2 the summary what time is it it's summertime it's summer vacation for our East High Wildcats that we met in the first high school musical. Troy nervously gives Gabriella a necklace. Troy wants a summer job, and Sharpay wants Troy, so she arranges for him to be hired at the fabulous country club where her family vacations. Troy, much to Sharpay's dismay, manages to get his girlfriend Gabriella hired there, as well as other familiar Wildcats from the first film. Sharpay convinces the country club manager to give the Wildcats hard tasks so they'll quit. But Troy sings and dances to convince them that they can work this out. Troy and Gabriella have a little date and realize that you are the music in me. Sharpay gets Troy and Chad to caddy for her family's very strange round of golf. <laughs> is very true. She gets Troy promoted to a senior staff position so that he'll be able to give her golf lessons. The Wildcats notice that Troy seems to be more invested in his own opportunities than in the team. Ryan is also feeling left out by Sharpay as all her focus is on Troy. Sharpay's attention slowly starts to make Gabriella jealous. Troy has opportunities to play with the University of Albuquerque basketball team and drops out of several Wildcats activities. Ryan gets pulled into Troy's place with Wildcats and convinces them to stay in the talent show despite Chad's protestations that I don't dance. So there's a there's a talent show that's going to happen. And uh, so anyway. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, that, that should have been set up a little <laughs> earlier in the summary. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I wrote the summary, not Todd, guys. It's so. okay. So there's a talent show that's going to take place. It's a big deal because Sharpay always wins it every year, but now with the Wildcats... Uh, around it's she's a little worried because she knows that they're pretty talented except chad says that he doesn't dance except he dances his whole way through saying that he doesn't dance but more on that later <laughs> troy sees ryan and gabriella practicing a dance and gets jealous sharpay and troy practice a much different version of the duet you are the music in me Troy and Sharpay come across ryan and the wildcats practicing to perform at the talent show shows so she whoa talent show so she convinces the manager to ban junior staff from performing gabriella is angry with sharpay both for what she's doing to the wildcats and to ryan and she quits 
Ryan wants her to, or Troy wants her to stay, but she insists she's got to go my own way and leaves. Troy's friends are angry with him. Kelsey shows him the notice about the talent show, and Troy realizes he'll still be allowed to sing with Sharpay, but wonders what his motivations are. He gets really introspective and then, dressed all in black, stalks the golf courses and stares into his reflection in a water hazard, wondering what kind of guy he is. Troy goes back to his junior staff position and tells Sharpay he won't sing with her. He reconciles with the Wildcats who tell him he should still sing with Sharpay, but he says he only will if the Wildcats are allowed to perform too. Right before performing, Ryan tells Troy that Sharpay wants him to learn a new song. When Troy goes out to sing his new song, Sharpay says she hasn't learned a new song and realizes that Ryan has tricked her. After Troy begins singing, Gabriella comes on stage to perform the duet titled Every Day with Troy as a wind machine whips Zach Efron's hair. Soon, Sharpay and the Wildcats join them on stage and sing along. Everyone parties, uh, and it's the end, except for a sequel, a spinoff, and a Disney Plus series, and probably a, uh, oh, well, we know there's a Broadway show, and uh, novels, and t-shirts, and mugs, and pillowcase covers, and blankets, and albums. towels, albums. Uh, posters, etc., etc., etc. So there it is. High School Musical two. I really expected after our discussion of the first High School Musical. I remember saying, "So is the sequel just the actual show that they were practicing but never performed <laughs> in the first High School Musical?" But no, it's now their summer vacation. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I have a very long list of notes here. Um, this is. There's so much going on in this movie. And so the first thing I have to say is um, uh, Sharpay just kills it in this movie. Probably the best thing about this, about this sequel. So good. She just owns it. Uh, And Zac Efron tries so hard. And. Well, he had to try harder because he, his his voice was more in the mix this time. Right. In the first one, he was dubbed over, correct? Right. Uh, at least largely. Yeah, my understanding is that in the first one, he's dubbed over, and in the second one, it's him. Although it's probably, you know, some... Processed. Right. Um, it, and, and when I say that, like, he tries really hard, I don't think that he's bad in this film. Um, I think Zac Efron's, like, a quality actor. Uh it just like you can tell <clears throat> that he is really trying hard. <laughs> that he is really trying hard on this. Um, and Sharpay is just awesome. What is her name? Why am I blanking on her name Ashley right now? Tisdale, Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ashley Tisdale is just awesome in this. And my kids told me that she originally had tried out for the part of Gabriella, but I'm so glad that she didn't get it because she's such a good. She's such a good Sharpay. Um, so that's one note. The other one is uh, we had fun looking at Chad's uh, T-shirts. Have you seen? Did you notice his T-shirts all through this? I did not. Okay. His first one says, I majored in vacation. It's the one that he's wearing when it's when they're getting ready for summertime. It says, I majored in vacation. The second one uh, says, oh, where is it? His second one is called... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Viva La Basketball. <laughs> he has one that's called... What does it say on it? Um, One says he did it. Um, One says something about the, his mom. 
Uh, my mom thinks I'm rad. <laughs> my mom thinks I'm rad. So anyway, we had fun like uh, pausing it and looking at his t-shirts because he changes t-shirts um, quite often in this film. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like kind of strange things in this film. Um, Chad kissing Miss Darbus at the beginning when when school gets let out. <laughs> Whoa, that's a, that's a thing that happened. Um, can can I ask your opinions on on something? Yeah, go for it. How were the fireworks in this movie compared to how you remember them in the first movie? I don't remember. I just have a note at the end that says "fakest fireworks ever." <laughs> I, do you remember the first movie? Because they were pretty fake in the first one. They're I remember them being so fake. they're pretty bad. <laughs> they are so bad. Um. Anyway, you would there's think just fireworks would be something that's easy to CGI in into a sky yeah well i don't know i'll tell you what the, the great thing about this film are the the big dance numbers when everybody's dancing and the you know like the camera pans out and you can see the whole the whole cast dancing together that for me is that's kenny ortega as very best it's just awesome there really is that. an infectious energy to that like oh, even yeah. if you're like this is not for me. Like I am completely removed from high school angst at this point, and uh, and I'm not the target audience. So there's like so little that's going to resonate on those. Like there is an energy that's palpable in watching some of those big dance numbers that uh, is is translating very well. Uh, and like you said, it, it is one of the strengths of Kenny Ortega's directing. Yeah. So I I mean I have more just like these are strange things that stood out to me. If we're gonna talk about um, strange things, can we touch on the golf game? Yeah, like I I don't understand what what were they playing? That was not golf. <laughs> what what uh, go on? Well, like sometimes one person hits the ball and it's like whoever's next can go hit it, which is fine. That's a way of group play. But other times, all four of them are hitting a ball simultaneously. Other times, it seems like they're taking turns. I don't. I just didn't understand. <laughs> Uh, was was it just whatever they wanted to do at that hole? Which is fine. I just wanted some explanation as to what was going on. Okay, well, uh, I grant you that. So my golf, my golf notes are Troy's putt. Did you see his putt? It was a good putt. <laughs> I, it's it's astounding, <laughs> and it looks like it's Zac Efron. And I was wondering, just was that... dropping a putt from a long ways away. Uh, my question was, was that ball CGI'd in? But it, like everyone reacted perfectly, as though it was moving. Like there was no one that was jumping the gun on the celebration with sometimes when things get added in later, you can uh -huh. spot that. I was impressed with the putt. Whether yeah, the, real the or not, putt. I was impressed. Okay. <laughs> and then the other, the very best golf thing is the kids. When Troy is supposed <laughs> to be uh, teaching golf <laughs> and the, and, and the, the camera kind of pans down the line and, uh, and there's one kid who's like, he's just picking golf balls up and chucking them down the, <laughs> They're they're doing like dri they're at the, the driving range, yeah. so the one kid's just chucking balls down. The uh, the one girl is swinging like so close to to Zac Efron's face. Um, the one kid is just pounding his club into the ground <laughs> like he, like he's trying to drill a hole to China or something. It's just uh, it's just glorious. Now about um, this sequence, I did wonder. We're we're given to understand that Zach or, or Troy is not interested in helping Sharpay in reality at all. Yes. Doesn't he have an out to turn around and say, 
these kids are awful. I'm being paid to coach them. I need to go help over here. Like if you were a parent of one of those other kids and you had hired the golf class to have an instructor there and you looked over and there were four or five kids that were just flailing badly and the instructor was talking to the teenage girl that's his age. What, would yeah. you go demand your money back immediately? <laughs> well, see, it, it seems to me that this is uh, this is their little fiefdom, the uh, the the Evans kingdom here. So <laughs> she 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 rules supreme. I mean, so even parents, other other but... parents would look over and say, "Oh, it's in Evans. We can't say a thing." Yes, that's that's my understanding is that they are at the top of the heap. I mean, the dad comes in on a helicopter, right? I believe they own the helicopter. place, right? Isn't that the understanding? Yeah, that's that the understanding. So. So they're at the top of the heap. The the thing that bothered me more about that scene is is how is Troy all of a sudden, like one second he oh I'm very uncomfortable Sharpay because you're here and I'm supposed to be teaching these kids, and then like, thirty seconds later he's like oh now let me do the hug thing where I'm like around your back and I'm helping you with your golf like what are you doing who does that, <laughs> uh, but but apparently he does. Because he's turned into a horrible monster because he's thinking about his future, which brings me to my other point. But maybe we should put a pin in it. Oh, is this um, going to be about the, some of the themes of this film? Yes, yes. Okay, um, let's circle back to that in a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, I majored in vacation. I'm just running through my my things here. Um, my oh, why is there a sent me literally about forty notes? Uh, about this film because she watched it this afternoon but it, it's mostly just notes about things that happen in the film no commentary <laughs> just... <laughs> i don't uh, understand why there's a second bell we we talked in high school musical one there's that glorious first first period that lasts 90 seconds <laughs> it's an amazing scene <laughs> yes um well in this one it begins and darbus is talking about her about summer and and uh, like we need to make the most of time and, uh, and back in my day uh, and first of all the kids are so disrespectful to her it, it is it very uh it kind of grates on my nerves a little bit they're all like bored and get their feet up on the desk and then they're looking at the clock summer 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 i'm like you kids are the worst <laughs> and chad's got his i majored in vacation t-shirt on and then summer happens they all throw their papers up in the air Chad gives her a kiss. Then they sing this song. Uh, what time is it? Summertime. Which, uh, you know, it's catchy. And they do this big dance number. And then the bell rings again. And they run out of the, they run out of the school. What's the second bell for? It's like, this is the bell. <laughs> this Class is, is over. Now clear the hallways. Yeah, now yeah, this now is the, yes. Yeah. You have five minutes for a dance number, but then you got to get out because the janitors have to clean the place. Or like, What is the second bell? I don't get it. I don't understand why there's a second bell. That's one thing. I uh, mean, I would assume it's just uh, like, I remember when I was in school, quite often the last day of school was a half day. Yeah. But they're not going to change the bell structure. Like somebody's not pressing the button to hit the bells. So it's just on an automated it. structure. So it was probably just the end of a the in-between class period. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I get it. I, 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 but, I but it was like, that. it was just like a, like a two or three period day. And then the bell was just I get on it. auto. All right. I think I you're actually right. Diegetic reason, but not diegetically. It was because it was the end of the dance number. And they needed to get them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Chad's second yeah, like, t-shirt says. no reason that they should have still been there. Yeah. Chad's second t-shirt says, warning, do not read this shirt. Uh, which we did. No. <laughs> um, I don't understand why they do this thing where Troy's like, oh, I don't want to sing. Like, we just watched a whole entire movie of you 
we did this thing already where you, oh, I don't want to sing. I want to be cool. But now I found myself. And so I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to sing and do basketball. But now this one's like reset. Uh, Sharpay's bad. Ryan's blah, And now Troy doesn't want to sing. And so she's like, hey, I've got this. Uh, I've got this new song I've been working on. They're like, oh, well, here, let's pick it up. And now we're the world's greatest sight readers in, <laughs> in history. <laughs> Twice they do that in this film where they're like, oh, there's no way I could possibly learn this. Set the music down. I have the whole thing memorized and the dance cues and uh, and the harmony parts. I'm like, uh, I don't know. So, Todd, did you struggle to suspend your disbelief? I did. Well, I think one reason why, actually, because I, I did catch on these same things, is there's actually enough acknowledgement of the difficulty it would be to sight read this song that it makes it feel like I'm more incredulous when they just fly through it. Like if there had just been... Nah, like if it's just been kind of like we're just gonna do this guys it wouldn't i don't think it would bother me as much but they make a nod absolutely saying no one can do this but then they do it <laughs> it's my problem with the with the song i don't dance is it called i don't dance yes the baseball song yeah like how as, can as you, they dance through the song how can you write an entire song called i don't dance that is in itself blatantly a dancing number it just doesn't make any sense. It's like singing a song I don't know how to sing, where you're singing like Pavarotti. It just—is it supposed to be charmingly ironic? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's how that one's supposed to go. I don't know that don't. it lands there, though. It doesn't <laughs> land there for me. Um, I love uh, Sharpe and Ryan's code names: Golden Throat and Jazz Square. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> um, this is you, we we talk often about. Um, about the Steve Jobs thing where you, you design the back of the dresser as with as much care as you do the front of the dresser. I feel like in High School Musical, it okay, the fireworks are really bad. And there's lots of weird stuff going on. But there's also all of these like glorious little m- moments um, like Troy's putt or the, the all the kids trying to, to, to golf and, um, you know, Chad's t-shirts and golden throat and well, jazz I feel like so many of the side characters get good definitive moments that i do too show either the the actors playing them or the writers and the directors like some collaboration said everyone gets a moment where we're gonna know who you are um and no one is just you know generic background person like they all have some personality to them yeah okay this is maybe my favorite note of the of the day so um my daughter so my kids are all like your kids are they're growing up they're starting to turn into you know pre-teenagers i have a teenage uh, my oldest is 14 and so um we're going through this thing where we're trying to teach people to close the door when they're you know getting dressed and going to the bathroom and <laughs> taking showers and stuff it's, it's an important growing up stage it's a process <laughs> It's a process. And one of my daughters is just so annoyed that her siblings cannot figure this out. (laughs) So there's the scene where Troy is running and he has to get changed really fast because he's trying to get ready for the, the, I can't remember what he's doing. It's after the, it's after the hookah, puku, nuku, wuku, pua song. And, uh, and then before he goes to play basketball or something, anyway, he runs and he has to get dressed and he runs into this room and he starts just ripping off his clothes. And my daughter goes, he did not close the door. 
which he totally did not. He totally doesn't close the door. It's wide open. I'm like, see, look, if Troy Bolton has a hard time closing the door as a teenager, then maybe this is actually a real thing. So anyway, he totally doesn't close the door. It's awesome. Um, I don't know. I yeah, There's a bunch of stuff here. Speaking of those moments where like characters are allowed to like reveal themselves, uh, Mr. Fulton has one of the best monologues of it of an adult who's just so tired of the teenagers around him, and so he's he's been so put upon by Sharpay. And when he gives this monologue about like why an adult would behave the way he he does, and then it ends with one of the teenagers like asking, "Can I get you a cup of coffee?" <laughs> like you look really stressed. Um, it, it's like there's no it's funny so so there's reason for it to be there because it's funny but i think there's so many other things that could have been done but that i just really enjoyed that because his motivation to like be so mean to these kids and all these other things like it gets revealed as he's like sometimes an adult has to do the job they've been given because they have to pay their bills or they're gonna lose their car and you just realize moment he doesn't like being the bad guy he actually doesn't like his job it's just a job and the evans as you said are running this place so he has to uh bow to their whims yep yeah i like that moment uh as well um uh okay maybe one last thing um okay two last things sock puppet lady is (laughs) so good There's a lady in the talent show and she's doing sock puppets and she's just awesome. The other thing is um, there's the I Gotta Go My Own Way song where she where I Gabriella. So Troy has given Gabriella the the necklace with the T for Troy and she's been wearing it. And then somehow magically it ends up in Troy's hand. We don't ever see her take it off or give it to him, but he's holding it. And then she leaves in the minivan. And then, and then when she comes back and sings that surprise, like, oh, look, it's a big surprise. I've come back. The Han back. Solo moment. The Han Solo in the trench run. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's Han Solo in the trench run. She's wearing the tr- the tea the necklace. Like, I don't know if he sent it back to her. Like, well, I think you're really going to want this because I have a feeling there's some, you know. I'm going to see you in three weeks. <laughs> coming on or something <laughs> anyway it's very interesting that uh that her necklace is back um oh man sharpay is just all the things that, give me a beat and then they like give a beat and she walks out of the room or when they do you are the music in me and she does five six seven eight at the beginning of that and troy's like just stunned because it's <laughs> such a different uh thing it's just everything she does is so funny her song fabulous is truly fabulous I also really like Ryan. I think we should recognize. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a great performance. Um, and recently, Kenny Ortega was was asked about it, uh, and, and they specifically asked about Ryan's sexuality. And he said, "In my mind, he was someone who's going to figure some stuff out in college, but he wasn't there yet." <laughs> <laughs> I think he's great. Yeah. He's a uh, Lucas Gabriel was on uh, Show Offs. You ever watch Show Offs on BYU TV? I have not. It's a sketch comedy, uh, an improv comedy show. Sorry, it's in, an improv show, and he was the special guest. And Corbin Blue was on it, too. So if there's any BYU TV fans out there, uh, you can see these guys much older, <laughs> but still quite funny uh, doing improv on BYU TV. All right. Uh, should we do a few uh, wider uh, angle discussion of, yeah. about high, high School Musical 2? Um so, so you, I, I think you started to go there a little bit. Like, what, what, if you're trying to nail down what the theme of this particular film is, what, like, what do we take away from it? 
see, this is where I struggle with this film because these kids at the beginning are the worst. <laughs> I don't like them at all. They're so disrespectful to Darvis, and it's like, okay, fine. She's a she's a uh, an eccentric uh, theater teacher, um, but really, the the level of disrespect for her is very off putting to me. And then they're all like, oh, I'm so poor, I have no money. And it's like they live in these ginormous houses. These people are not struggling. There's no way and, a high school teacher that his dad is right, a high school I coach. Know would be able to afford that house. I, I can't right. remember. We, we had that conversation. Yeah. You guys talked yeah, about yeah. that one. Did we rule out or did we discover what his mom does professionally? No, I think right. we just assumed she was an attorney or something. Or, or some exec of a, of, a, of a tech company that went big because that she house must. is massive. I don't know. And I, I, I think it bothers me sometimes when I see people who are clearly not really, really struggling financially and they're all like, oh, woe is me. I have to get a summer job at a country club. Oh, this is going to be so hard. I actually have to wait on tables and wash dishes. Also, also oh. like this, the struggle is that they have to like go get a summer job. So they're going to go to the country club where their peer is the owner. Yeah. And so, so like you assume it's like, OK, so they're in like the swanky part of town. Right. Right. Yeah. And then and then he's like, oh, we'll make them all want to quit by actually making them do some work. Like, contrast this film. Okay, here's a double feature for you. Go watch Spirited Away and then watch this film. <laughs> and, and watch a film about child struggles. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just – it's so strange to me that – that we're supposed to feel sympathy for these people. They're like, oh, now go wait tables. It's like, are you kidding me? I was busting tires when I was that age, and I was grateful for it, you know, at the discount tire and coming home filthy every day. And 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 I had a good life. Like I was, I was really truly grateful for that job. It was a good job, but it was really really hard work. And I think that most people, when they're in high school and they get a job, would would say. Okay, that was a glorious summer job. Um, and maybe they're just saying this is what kids are like, but I don't like those kids. I think they're all <laughs> annoying brats that feel super entitled <laughs> to stuff. And it bothers me. And then the and then there's this thing about Troy where Troy's like thinking about his future. We're like, I don't even know who you've become. You seem to be caring about college and going to play <laughs> basketball at the thing. And 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 his dad gives him all this weird advice. I'm like, wow, this is so morally muddled. I I'm struggling with this. So yeah, uh, help help me out here. Well, no, I I can't because that's one thing I do. I, I I can't wait. Like I I can't tell if this is um a film about looking to the future, but then it kind of condemns looking to the future and says enjoy your present, which can be a valuable message. But when you're at that point in your life hopefully you are looking to your future but then at the same time they're also all looking to the future that's why they got the summer jobs because they're trying to save money for college you know so so like there's this mix of is looking to the future the right thing or do you only focus on the present uh, and and by the end it feels like it's pretty much saying no don't look to the future and yourself consider your 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 present and and your peer group which isn't a bad message in and of itself but you do also take a step back and say well no him actually pursuing a college scholarship that's not like 
evil <laughs> and, and wrong. Uh, now, some of the ways that he goes about it and uh, like he, he does become a bit of a jerk eventually, like like not initially. Uh, and, and I do enjoy that there's a bit of a slow burn on a lot of the changes that happen uh, it, to, to cause attention. Like Gabriella, she's not jealous. <laughs> like she's really not right for, for a very long time. And she doesn't even quit because of Troy. She, she quits because of Sharpay being right. uh, so, so problematic uh, in her behavior. So, so I enjoy some of that, but like trying to nail down what, like what is the positive role that uh, a viewer uh, should emulate? Uh, it, 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 it gets a little hard, hard to do. Um, as, I feel as, like if I'm going to give it my, like my best shot, like, this is what parents say, like, do do what I say and not what I do or something like that. I think what they're trying to say is something like, yes, the future is important. And high school is a time of transition where you're trying to navigate these like tricky waters between looking to the future where you're probably going to be on your own. Right. Because, you know, I'm, I'll go one way and you'll go the other way. Uh, and looking at that, while at the same time recognizing that you are in like a special time of life and high school is a really cool time of life when lots of, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and, and you should be present for that and you should value the relationships that are there. And it's a tricky thing uh, to, to do that. And, and Troy's problem here is that he's forgetting to continue to, develop the relationships that he has with the people that are around him. He's forgetting about the present while he's looking to the future. And, and that's, that's not ideal. Ideally you would be able to look at the future while continuing to, to foster those relationships that you have. I think that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. And the moments where like you, you know, Troy has, has turned, uh, like initially when he runs or, or he gets praised for basketball, he like, he deliberately says, well, it was the whole team. This guy made the steal and he made the pass, you know, and he gives credit to everyone. Sure. Um, but he, he, his head gets turned a little when the U of A, which is not the university of Arizona, but the U of A players are around. <laughs> I know. It's so funny that it's the university of Albuquerque and they're like, Oh, it's the university of Albuquerque. He's like, it's not Duke. You guys, it's the university of Albuquerque. <laughs> I, I mean, New Mexico had had some pretty solid teams uh, teams there in the in the early two thousands. Yeah, that was uh, New Mexico, not the University, <laughs> not of, Albuquerque. The University of Albuquerque. Um, and he starts to like cut that all off. Uh, and and you, so it's I, I think it's the the jerky behavior is what's going to be condemned, or, or is what we should uh you know be taking as as what the film is implicitly uh, condemning. But in the end the the overall message kind of becomes like oh well because he was looking to the future he became a bad guy and i don't think that's what's intended but i think it's kind of what's there sure yes i uh, i'm with you on that but super fun awesome dance uh, you know the musical numbers are just really fun all of them even the one that i the the i can't dance one that i really can't stand in my heart of hearts i'm like Okay, that was actually pretty fun. <laughs> well, and I gotta say, uh, like we had some fun poking at uh, Zac Efron's like earnestness as he he does his stalking through the golf course, um, oh, yeah. singing his own re- own reflection. But I like as a performer at that age, like he had to be like eighteen or nineteen or twenty, right? Like he was yeah. he was still a teenager or or very young adult. Like I, there could be so much self conscious uh, consciousness that he had to let go of to be willing to go 
and do that performance. And even though some of it maybe is a little cringy um, as, yeah. as you look at it, I think his willingness to go there and try that hard is why he's still, you know, a, a working headline actor in Hollywood. Um, yes. Because he's willing to put in that effort at that age when it, like, it's so easy to feel awkward <laughs> in any of your teenage years. Uh, and I imagine doing it in front of cameras would make you even more reticent, but he just is it's clearly goes for best. it yeah oh yeah yeah he gives it more than the old college try mm-hmm. all right should we talk a little bit about descendants yeah let's talk about this okay this story takes place in a world with all the disney heroes and villains hanging out separately and it's <laughs> you you can't put a finger on like what is this world supposed to be pre-industrial magical uh modern like it's all of those yes simultaneously and you just kind of have to accept that it's a postmodern genre mash of uh both disney but also kind of every setting imaginable <laughs> it's gonna be in there um and in this world bell and beast are married and they rule a kingdom named Aradin. is am i saying that right i can't remember. oridon oridon okay how they said it in the film okay oridon and all the villains have been banished to the Isle of the Lost. And this means like if there's a Disney animated movie, the villain is hanging out over on the Isle of the Lost uh, and the heroes are over in Arden. And this island has a barrier, the Isle of the Lost, that prevents the villains from leaving that island or using magic there. And um, 20 years after this barrier was set up, their son, Ben, so this is Beauty and the, or Belle and Beast's son, Ben, is going to be crowned king. And it sounds like his parents are just going to not be rulers anymore and Ben's taking over because he's 20 years old. <laughs> so weird. No, he's 16. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's not 20. He's, he's, not he's 20. just 16. having his 16th birthday, and so which is the king. perfect time to turn the keys of your entire kingdom over. I mean, is this a... I, okay. Oh, oh, that that reminds me. Remind me to talk about Star Wars. I'm going to circle back to Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to come up here. But also, oh, yes. I, okay. <laughs> I see where this is going. But also, uh, I did want to say about High School Musical, uh, Kelsey, the pianist, she is the legend Tilly's of the High School Musical universe. Uh, she... <laughs> <laughs> she really is <laughs> and i like if, her if you've ever gone deep into star wars lore and you firmly believe that legend tilly's is the hero of the rebellion you understand that reference <laughs> yes absolutely okay so but, but back to descendants um ben 16 year old about to be king but not yet king but now making a proclamation that his parents are going to honor announces that he's going to institute a program where four children of villains can come stay in his kingdom where they'll be free from the evil influence of their parents the four kids who we brought over are Carlos, the son of Cruella de Vil, Jay, the son of Jafar, Evie, the daughter of the evil queen from Snow White, and Mal, the daughter of Maleficent. Maleficent tells Mal to steal the fairy godmother's uh, wand and break down the barrier that is around the Isle of Lost. And the four children of the villains are now taken to Ardon Prep School. So it's a high school <laughs> setting, classic DCOM setting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they meet Ben and his girlfriend, Audrey, who is the daughter of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Evie, Jay, and Carlos are all impressed by their dorms, but Mal is not. Evie uses a magic mirror to find the wand, which is at a museum, and they go to try and steal it, but there's a magical barrier around it. Lots of magical barriers to be worked through in this film. Yes. While trying, I feel uh, like it's a metaphor. For, you know, like barriers, working uh, through oh, yeah, barriers. Working, yeah, I, there might be something there. Uh, I feel like there's something there. Uh, yeah, people separated on two sides. If they could just get okay, uh, while they're trying to find a chance to get to the wand, uh, they're they're going to remain as students at this school. Uh, Jay proves very adept at the school sport, which is a mix of lacrosse and American gladiators. Uh, Mal <laughs> <laughs> totally. Is. 
if you if you haven't seen that clip, go, yeah. go look up the clip, and you'll say, "Oh, yeah, that is lacrosse and American Gladiators." It's lacrosse and American Gladiators filmed in the style of Remember the Titans. <laughs> if I could just add a third little element, that's true. There. Oh, I could see the running at the camera and the one juke, and that's all you get. <laughs> one juke, and then just plow through guys like these. Just people just getting absolutely blown up. Kenny Ortega didn't do Remember the Titans, did he? <laughs> I know he didn't. We did, we did that one. I can't remember who it was, but it was not Kenny Ortega. Um, but I, I, I see it. Uh, okay, so Mal, uh, she is going to manipulate Jane, who's the daughter of the fairy godmother, by using her magic to make her more beautiful. And she also kind of makes Jane turn against her mom. She's kind of like, well, why didn't your mom ever do magic for you? She did it for Cinderella. Um, and Evie uh, is going to be attracted to Chad, who is Cinderella's son, but he is not the brightest uh and carlos is scared of dogs uh but he's gonna get chased up a tree by a cute small dog named dude and ben uh the the soon-to-be king of this realm is gonna help carlos overcome his fear of dogs and befriend dude now chad uh if only can i just say if only it was that easy to help a kid overcome their fear of dogs (laughs) have you had a child with a true fear of dogs because i did oh man (laughs) it was like like panic inducing for him to be near a dog oh yeah i actually bought a dog And then my kid spent hours crying, standing on top of the table, crying, saying, take it back. And I said, no, she's your sister. You have to learn how to live with this thing. (laughs) Well, my wife and I had had said we will never have a dog, but we had a son with such like uh, a debilitating fear of dogs. We we ended up getting a puppy eventually. And it was not that bad, but he was very like distant from the dog. Now he's fully bonded with the dog and has overcome his fear of dogs. But... (laughs) But yeah, it is not what happens with Ben saying to Carlos, hey, dogs aren't bad. Come pet this thing. And Carlos is like, okay. And then he's like, I'll just leave you two alone. And the, my, God, my daughter's like, what's up with that? <laughs> it's so very Chad, strange. If we remember uh, the, the son of Cinderella, he manipulates Evie into doing his homework for him. Turns out there's also villains on, uh, on the good side of this barrier. Uh, Doug, who is Dopey's son, he likes Evie and he tries to help her navigate life and is trying to help her to be her best self, but she's not seeing it yet. I like Doug. Um, Evie is going to find out uh, that the fairy godmother is going to use the wand at Ben's coronation. And just then Ben drops by to ask, hey, how are you all doing with this little exchange program? Which isn't really exchange program. It's a one way exchange program. No one's going to see how things are over on the Isle of the Lost. They're just bringing them in. <laughs> um, and Mal says, hey, can we sit up? at the front of your coronation and he says no it's just really me my parents and my girlfriend gonna be there so now mal is gonna plan to use a love potion on ben so he's gonna dump audrey for her when they're making cookies laced with the love potion they need tears as one of the ingredients and lonnie who is mulan's daughter she comes by and she says well your batter needs chocolate chips if you're making cookies and uh, they don't even know what chocolate chips are and she says didn't your parents ever make you warm chocolate chips when you were sad or anything and they're all confused about why a parent would do something nice for their children and that makes lonnie cry and mal steals a tear to complete the potion ben eats the cookie he falls for mal and then they have the big game where jay insists that carlos has been practicing hard and he should be out there on the field too so jay carlos and ben are going to be able to use teamwork to win the game at the last second and in the celebration ben's going to sing a love ballad for mal which is going to be very awkward <laughs> Um, on a date Mal starts to feel conflicted about using a potion on Ben and she's going to sing her own ballad while Ben has gone swimming in the lake Uh, she turns around after singing her song for several minutes and realizes she can't see him 
<laughs> and she goes into the water to try and find him, even though she can't swim. Just then he surfaces and rescues her. She decides that she's going to make a potion that's going to break the spell on him because after the villains all take over this world, Ben being forced to be in love with her just seems a little cruel. The school has a family day. Hey, well, now, Joseph, you're undercutting that. There is some subtext that she actually cares about him and doesn't want to be using magic. Yes, yeah, there's definitely that, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's her excuse to the other villain kids who also are not really on board with the plan anymore. Yeah, none of them are really all in. This is an extremely re- reluctant crew. Yes. Uh, they, they, they've uh, the villains would call it Stockholm Syndrome, but they're definitely seeing things differently <laughs> than before. <laughs> they would call it Stockholm Syndrome, wouldn't they? Now, the school's going to have a family day, which is going to be a little awkward, <laughs> particularly for the children of the four villains who whose parents attacked the parents of all the other kids at the school. <laughs> Um, so the children of the heroes are going to end up turning on the children of the villains. Uh, the, they become jerks. That's going to push them to become jerks again. Uh, Valen does, or Mal does still make the anti-love potion though. And on the way to the coronation, Ben reveals that he knows Mal put a love potion on him, but it wore off when he was in the magical lake. He still likes her though. Uh, and he knows that she was making an anti-love potion to make it, uh, the spell break. At the coronation, uh, Jane, the fairy godmother's daughter, grabs the wand and says she's going to try and make herself beautiful. But in flinging the wand around, she accidentally breaks down the barrier to the Isle of the Lost. Mal gets the wand from Jane and is tempted to go break down the barrier, which she doesn't know has been broken down. Uh, but she says she actually does want to be good, and but she doesn't know if she can. Ben says she's already good. Uh, and uh, But just then... Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Mal then turns to the other three and she says, we're not the same as our parents. We're all going to be good. But then Maleficent shows up and she freezes everyone, but the four kids. They turn against her and Maleficent gets turned into a dragon by some counter spell involving love and the amount of love in your heart, uh, which turns her into a lizard. Uh, everyone <laughs> is unfrozen and there is a large party with uh, some large dance numbers with crane shots and uh, at, at this point, probably some... Uh, uh, why am I suddenly forgetting the word? Uh, uh, what, what other kind of shot would get you a vertical shot? Drone? Drone shot. There we go. Drone shot. The end, except for two sequels. And uh, some animated spinoffs and a book series. And the albums. Uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Uh, Dis- Disney knows how to milk uh, franchises. I don't know if Boy, you're familiar with do. it about their, their business practices. But they do know <laughs> when they've got a good thing, how to keep it going for a while. They do know how to make money off of kids' parents kids and their parents so todd andrew what are your reactions to descendants i want to hear what andrew's reaction is first because you're you were pretty positive on this i really liked it i enjoyed it i thought i mean like look this is not the greatest work of television movie making ever is it the greatest decom probably not because I still stand by Brink on that. Um, I don't know what words you just Brink. said, but I will accept it. <laughs> it's available on Disney Plus. You can watch Brink anytime you want. Does it um, have Does it have giant singing and dancing numbers? It, no, it's about uh, roller skaters, inline a, skates in the nineties. Is it a Kenny oh. Ortega feature? I don't think so. Darn it. Okay, um, but it's got some strong father and son themes. Are the, is it a, is there a dad that's not a total loser? Um. Well, he's on unemployment because he had his back injured and so there's a subplot about whether or not he's going to get his job back right. and he's trying really is there hard criticism of the american healthcare industry uh yes <laughs> <laughs> there is of course there is 
the, the, one of the things that I struggle with in actually both of these films, and in you know, it, it, it's not only in these two films, but I just hate seeing dumb dads. Maybe it's because that's just TV in general, though. I know, but it drives me bananas. And at the very beginning of Descendants, when Ben's like, "Look at me, I'm 15, almost 16, and I'm going to do this amazing, generous thing," and his dad's like, "Oh, now you'll see the real beast inside of me, because I'm going to tell you no." And Ben's like, "No, Dad, look, I'm really, really a good person, and you're just being unreasonable." And then the dad in the end is like, "Oh, I should have listened to my." kid because he was way wiser than me like so dumb spare me (laughs) how's that (laughs) okay there's one take andrew i don't think we ever quite heard your full take (laughs) (laughs) i I really like the movie i mean i I did not focus on on the parent perspective very much because i mean like they're blatantly wrong and essentially being racist um like that's the the subtext is you know prejudice sure um and all that sort of stuff but i i also enjoyed just like all of the kids finding satisfaction for the first time and seeing how that impacted them i mean and some of this like ties into like the fact that like i work at a treatment center for teenagers with with like significant concerns and sometimes they're getting support for the first time you know, like it, it yeah. could, and so seeing a supportive environment have a positive impact on somebody, I'm like, that feels gratifying because I'm like, well, that is what my company is trying to do, you know, is try and give people support to help them make positive changes. And so part of it is, is almost certainly because of my day job. Okay. I like um, and so, and that's the stuff that like got to me is like that. And that's the emotional core of it. It's, you know, it's not. Even, I mean, so there's multiple themes, obviously, like there's the prejudice theme and there's the, you don't have to be like your parents theme. But the theme that I felt most attached to was how treating people well can help them want to treat other people well. And that's maybe like the most valuable theme that I thought came through was they were changed because they had positive interactions. Did they have negative interactions too? Yeah. Like, like Chad sucks. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Like he's the worst. And and all that. But Ben kept being nice. Like he just kept being nice. Yeah. Uh, even though he didn't really have like a tremendous reason to, and he wasn't supported in it by his girlfriend or his, his um, classmates or his parents. But he's like, no, I think being nice to these kids is the way to go. And he stuck to his guns on that. And it, and it had a positive different, it made a positive difference in their, in their overall experience, which led them to be, nice to other people as well. And and you see that in smaller versions where you have like the, the coach for the sport mm-hmm. um, talking to Jay and he's like explaining what a team is for the first time. He's like, well, so like, don't just watch out for yourself, be part of something. And Jay doesn't get it because, you know, his experience is based on watch out for yourself, watch out for yourself and steal what you can and all that sort of stuff. And so that's the, the element that I really got attached to was the emotional transformation in the kid's, just saying like, look, you're getting positive support. What does that do for you? No, I like okay, that. I and, like that. Uh, like for me, what, the favorite transformation actually was Evie, who I, I didn't do a whole lot with in the summary because it's, it's so sidelined, uh, you know, in terms of every, all the big plot that is happening. But like her discovering um, like 
intellectual success like like that <laughs> that she is good at school um with, with yeah she got like a b plus in chemistry uh-huh. and she felt a lot of joy and satisfaction out of achieving something like that yeah and um and, and, well so like for each one of them like they, they discover these things that are actually giving them joy so, so some are pretty simple like carlos discovers he can like dogs instead of being scared of them okay <laughs> there's a bond <laughs> that happens and uh jay discovers like an outlet for his aggression in sports which so often like we hear about sports being an outlet for aggression but in this film they actually like, show it as like a positive transformative uh force um for jay and and like you said discovering like being part of part of the team um and and so like they they all have these things that are are part of their their shift to realize that again they're they're not their parents you know that they're going to be their own person they're they're going to have their own thing that gives them joy um you know what's going to bring them happiness um isn't being mean isn't being better than other people or by putting them down you know that sort of thing um even though they all have that temptation that kind of can lurk and sometimes can rear its head um you know when when they're becoming better it's not like a switch has been flipped and they're suddenly great um you know they're on the on the journey or on the path and we do see them reach that and so i i think there's like you're saying andrew there's there's some really good themes in in that aspect of it i'm really intrigued by the end of this film when they say um i choose good i choose good i choose good and then they all put their fists in so you know that it's serious mm-hmm. um yeah because that's what and... teenagers do <laughs> and then everything's kept in planet at least i know <laughs> <laughs> right before that mal has this thing where she says stealing doesn't make you happy uh you know do what makes you happy um and i think that's such a tricky message you know, just do whatever makes you happy. Like there's, there's a way of saying that where it's like, you know, do, just do whatever, just do whatever makes which, you happy. Which could lead to stealing for some people. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and then, she, and then they say, I choose good. I choose good. I choose good. And, and so what is good is good. Just the thing that makes you happy. Um, and I feel like, I feel like this theme. I, I really, I, I really do appreciate what you were saying, Andrew, about um, about the deeper theme of this and and the transformations here are, they really are real, and um, and the things that they are finding happiness in are actually, I would argue, really good things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, even even the silly Carlos and the dog thing, but like, you know, bonding with uh, with someone or something or, or like overcoming that. a fear overcoming a fear and building a relationship um you know that's there's real value in that well and, and i think um i just to like defend not that it needs defending you're not you know challenging sure, sure. it but to like to give a little bit of extra like the way it seems couched is he finds a lot of joy and happiness in treating the dog well yeah and and receiving positive attention and affection in return. And so it seems like the implication is that his his home life did not provide him positive affection and attention. You know, he did not have, you know, positive physical contact. And it, it I mean, it's for 11 year olds. So we're not saying that this is indicating a pattern of abuse or, or anything like that coming from from his mother. But, you know, his mother was, was not Cruella DeVille. So, yeah, you know, like there, there, there was not there was not like reciprocal positive affection you know if he did something for her it was because it was expected and then when he's like petting the dog and the dog seems happy that feels good to him right like he's finding joy in 
something else or someone else being happy. Well, she does talk about in the beginning. She talks about him like massaging her bunions or something strange like that. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. um, I, I mean, there's there could be a really interesting um, conversation to be had about like extrinsic and intrinsic uh, value. In the beginning, they're all focused on extrinsic extrinsic things, right? So uh, Jay is always stealing stuff. And Evie wants to be, uh, she wants to be married to somebody who's rich so that she can be rich. And Mal yeah. wants the magic wand so that she can take over everything. And Carlos just wants to eat chocolate. <laughs> I don't know what Carlos <laughs> wants exactly. His motivations are. Well, and, and like the early motivations is everything is, I've got to please my parent because they'll be upset otherwise. Or, right. Or so they're, so they're either seeking after some reward or avoiding a punishment. Now, that seems to be what Carlos is most concerned about at the end. He's like, so we're not worried that our parents are going to be really, really, really mad about that. So maybe that's his motivation is just not being punished by his mom. Uh, but in the end we see that they are, that their, their focus has shifted towards more intrinsic things like relationships and, and um, it, it's all fulfillment, you know, yeah. like they say, what makes you happy? But I think it's more about like what gives you positive fulfillment well, um, and, and and makes you feel like you're like it, it's not just happy, but also like makes you feel like you're doing something meaningful and good. Yeah, it's um, it's like practical philosophy, right? So you know that the philosophy works if it works. And so being good for them is some kind of exploration of finding what is working and what is helping them to, I mean, the thing that I appreciate about this film is that happiness does seem to be something, uh, you know, deeper and more meaningful than chocolate and gold. <laughs> and yeah, well, and I think we we're getting a, like a, a counter to a lot of the um, classic Disney stories that have been heavily criticized for some of the messages that are embedded in them uh, in, in the character of Jane, where it seems like many Christmas or, or uh, many of the classic Disney stories, there's um, an element of like obtaining beauty is what is the path to happiness. And with Jane, they're very clearly saying, no, no, that's not the message we want you to take anymore. <laughs> like, Would you say that she's a plain Jane? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, but, but one little bit of hair curl and bam. Uh, but, yeah. but like she's obsessed with becoming more physically beautiful and that is what drives her to accidentally release the villains in the end like she's trying to claim this power and, mm -hmm. and like we we hear that her mom has um you know much like the disney corporation maybe pivoted as to where value should lie and <laughs> and what lessons um should should be taught and, and taught, you know like she's like well she doesn't even believe in magic books anymore she just thinks books like actual books have, have value and that's what i need to be reading um <laughs> <laughs> so dumb <laughs> and, and and like she ends up being the, the the impetus for the the release of the villains because of her quest for for beauty and when you look back at films like you know sleeping beauty <laughs> and cinderella like this this transformation into into beauty is a huge part of what gives those characters a sense of worth and with this, it's saying, you know, human bonding, uh, intelligence, like learning, uh, forming real relationships and, and not like the instant relationships of a lot of the uh, adaptations of early fairy tales that we saw in Disney films. That is where these individuals are going to gain a sense of self-worth that is going to propel them forward. And I, I want to like introduce something for you guys to discuss about the like what we've established as what is 
generating happiness or satisfaction or fulfillment or or whatever terminology you want to specifically Mindset. use. What is the good? What is good? Yeah. Um, but that's not just for uh, it's not only demonstrated in in the four main characters um, in their transformation. You also see it in the representations of the the quote unquote good starting off people, you know, the 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 children of the heroes and um, and princes and princesses and all of that. And if you look at Ben, he gets all his all of his satisfaction from genuinely trying to help the other kids. Right. Like all of his joy and satisfaction is, is coming from that and sticking to his guns when his parents are challenging him on it and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at the other, um, you know, princes and princesses, if you look at Chad. Like. W- what is Chad getting satisfaction from? He, like he doesn't he has a hollow satisfaction sure. from feeling better than other people. Yeah, and Audrey is is in some ways uh, a bad version of Evie, right? She's she's Evie who doesn't learn the lesson, and boy, does she really not learn the lesson. Have you guys seen Descendants three? I've not. Okay, Audrey really not not yet. Give me some time. She really <laughs> needs to. Uh, she's got some work to do, but she she comes back in in Descendants three. Let's say, um, and actually, Descendants two and Descendants three are. They're actually all really interesting films. Descendants two is very interesting to me. Um, well, but maybe, maybe, maybe episode four hundred <laughs> conversation <laughs> for two years from now. Um, I'd be happy to come on and talk about Descendants two sometime. Um, oh, Todd, you do not know the number of requests for my daughter you have just put into the universe <laughs> <laughs> by saying that. So I. Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't think that this is an empty film, um, and and actually Andrew, you've helped me to appreciate it more than I did uh, when I watched it. I just hate I, I hate that you know thing that I said that I hate, but I like the rest of it. Um, I really really like Kristen Chenoweth in this film. My oh, goodness. I wanted to say that, but she before we do, because because that's gonna be such a high note for us to go out on in a discussion. Mm. Did you find the lip syncing of this one a little distracting? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, and, and it's weird to me because oh, we've watched High School Musical and that obviously is going to have lip syncing going on all over the place. And it never distracted me the way it did in Descendants. Mm-hmm. And it's Kenny Ortega still directing. So I don't know why it felt so off in this one over some other ones. And I, I haven't seen Descendants 2 or 3. Does it does it remain a problem? or? Well, I can't say that I've actually sat down and watched Descendants 2 all the way through. <laughs> so, um, but I have watched Descendants 3, and it didn't bother me in Descendants 3. But in this one, it's very uh, it's very distracting. So, no, I don't think you're off on that at all. Um, I really want to know what the United States of Oridon are. I need to go back and pause at the beginning of oh, that. Oh, I paused show it. All... Oh, okay. So tell us about that. <laughs> So there's the the lost. I mean, I'm just gonna be pulling from memory, um, and I don't think everything was properly labeled. They they had like an overhead shot that seemed to include something like Rapunzel's tower and and stuff like that, but wasn't marked. Um, I do remember Cinderella's Berg mm-hmm. um, near the front, um, the main Aradon area. There was a Great Wall. Um, that would be oh. a thing where Mulan hangs out. Yes, I would assume. Uh, I think there was a Camelot section. There's a there's a Sherwood Forest something something because that's who they play against in the game. They're like their chief rivals. But see, I don't know I, if that was marked on the map. Here's though. what I don't understand: is so does everybody? I mean, 
I, I'm wondering how the schools are districted in the land of Oridon. Because it seems like pretty much everybody goes to Oridon Prep. But but it's a prep school, so you can it, like it can be selective. Oh, so there's there's even more class issues than just the barrier between oh, the Isle of the Lost. And- yeah, see. that's why all the royal kids are are there together. So they do probably have like some public schools, um, ah. but then this would be the the prep school for the royal kids. So, okay, okay. So ben has or to break or down special entries, some and more barriers than we've already seen. I happen. think that the descendants of Robin Hood and his merry band would kick the trash out of the descendants of anybody. They're lucky that they had Jay on their team because <laughs> the Sherwood Forest kids, I'm sure, have the upper hand. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely would not have won without Jay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. Um, <laughs> did you guys notice the kid with all of his clothes on in the bathtub yes. at, at the beginning when they're seeing that? Yeah. And, <laughs> And I, I just find it interesting that bad people go around just singing about how bad they are and how much they like being bad. It's it's very. It's and very then and then literally stealing candy from babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if like actual real bad people do that. Like, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I think we've seen some get flaunted, flaunting their evilness in the world lately. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> They're um, not subtle about it always. That's for sure. OK. Uh, um, what oh. about. Something about this film, and I know, like, this one, I remember, I, I know no DCOMs that come out. Like, I'm just not aware of them. It's not something I see. But I remember see, knowing that this one was coming and knowing that my daughter was going to be excited mm-hmm. about it. Like, the, the promotion was more into this one. They must have had a higher budget. But some elements of it just still looked cheaper than I expected, I think, when I was watching it. Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, we mentioned when, when Maleficent comes in as the as the dragon. And there's all the it's not great. green smoke. It's like, oh, that looks like it came from bed knobs and broomsticks or something. Like, mm-hmm. like they. Well, and when they, um, when when they freeze everyone at the coronation, oh, yeah. they really are just having them hold still. I'm like, oh, that's kind of rough, guys. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> you great. couldn't do a digital freeze on that. <laughs> I'm wondering how the magic spell book actually works. Also, so along with my 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 curiosity about the geography of Oridon, I'm really interested in how this magic spell book works. It, it it seems like like there's there's a variety of spells. They talk at one point about oh this one had really good reviews or something like that. So it's like the internet inside of the book. Well, they have video games, so there you know there is technology. So is is this basically just a Kindle? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's very strange to me. Like there seems to be a kind of a spell for everything that she needs in the moment, but. You know, some I don't know. I, I'm just I'm very curious about this spell book. I, I wonder how much um you know, if there's like a whole binder full of all the rules of how the spell book works, I kind of doubt it. Let's just say I doubt that they've <laughs> So that's not that the kind really of detail that Kenny Ortega's worried about. <laughs> so I, I didn't include it in the trivia, but I, I did see that with high school musical two, like they had a special Q and a session where, where the cast and Kenny Ortega answered questions from fans about high school musical. If they were to do this for descendants, Todd, would your first question that you submitted be about the school districting zones or about <laughs> the magic book and how it works? Well, my first thing would be to just tell Kristen Chenoweth, Thank you. Thank you so much because your performance is absolutely outstanding. And I think Dove Cameron is also very, very good in this. I think she's a really good actress. 
No, I agree. And uh, like Kristen Chenow, she can belt like no other. And Duff oh, Cameron yeah. actually does a pretty good job holding holding with her in a duet. I was impressed. Do you know what else Duff Cameron's in? I do not. Agents of Shield. What is she in Agents of Shield? I have no she idea. She is. Oh yeah, yeah. When she showed up, I was like, <gasps> which, which season is this? Oh, uh, I don't know what season it is, but she is the daughter of a bad guy, and she is bad. She throws Has she been these top typecast as the daughter of villains. <laughs> <laughs> she throws. She has these like. They're like frisbees, but they're swords, and she slices people up with them. And then in the end, she she has a, a, a change of heart. It's, she really has been typecast. She really has been typecast. <laughs> um, but no, she's good, and she's in a Live and Maddie. That's what my 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 daughters really like her in the Disney. There's a Disney series called Live and Maddie where she plays twins, and um, and she's good at it. She does the. Um, where it's like the the performance is just different enough that you can tell that they're twins, but they, it, you know, it's both her, so it's good. Uh, yeah, I think she's really good. And Kristen Chenoweth, man, she's just awesome. She's so funny. Everything she says is funny, and like when they do the Skype call, I think that's very funny. <laughs> okay, um, that, that definitely Kristen worked Chenoweth in twenty twenty is... even better than it did in two thousand fifteen. <laughs> it totally did. <laughs> it was just great. Um, I think Kristen Chenoweth is like the perfect match for Kenny Ortega film. She's got the right energy. She knows what she's doing in the movie. She can sing like amazingly, <laughs> amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah it kind of reminded me of, uh, of Bette Midler in, uh, in Hocus Pocus. Isn't that bad? I was about to say, they've been talking about a Hocus Pocus sequel for a while. And uh, if Kristen Chenoweth somehow found her way in there, I'd be fine with that. Oh yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about that at all. Nope. Nope, nope. I give that the green light. If anyone's listening, Kristen Chenoweth has the green light on the Hocus Pocus reboot or sequel. Oh, um, she's looking. She, uh, Dove Cameron, uh, played Cher in Clueless the Musical. Uh, on oh. broad- well, it says off Broadway, but <laughs> so huh, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, she she got her start as uh, her first role was on. Uh, as young Cosette in a in a Les Mis musical. Yeah, she's good. She's very good. I think we'll be seeing more of Dove Cameron. Uh, she's right. the Zac Efron of the Descendants. She's the uh, one that's gonna gonna break through. I think so. She was in Agents of Shield. I mean, that's pretty much uh, the the pinnacle of 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 TV land, at least. Todd, how familiar are you with the the, the arc of Agents of Shield and its importance <laughs> in the MCU? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I actually haven't seen the last season, I, I the or the most whatever most recent one on Netflix. They kind of lost me when they went into space. I'm like, oh, space. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for Descendants. I do kind of like. I don't know if it sounds like I'm off on it. I kind of like the mishmash world of, wait, is this magical? Is this modern day? Is it, is it pre-industrial? Like, just kind of whatever they needed for a scene was there. I ended up kind of liking that that aesthetic, actually. <laughs> I, I, think if, I think aesthetically, it works for me. And the music is... What do you guys think about the music? I mean, none of them were a bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> It's it it is not the the biggest hit parade of Kenny Ortega's career. I think well for me the standout song is definitely the Evil Like Me, and I think it is both Kristen Tenelis' performance, but also I think that was the strongest song. Period. 
Um, it, I feel like that's mostly Christian Chenoweth, though. I, I think it, it, it had a catchier tune and I think better lyrics than some of the other ones. So we, we've been doing this thing lately where we'll, um, we'll draft stuff as a family just for fun, like around the dinner table. Um, and when we draft, uh, when we drafted songs from uh, Disney Channel original movies, none of the Descendants songs made it in the draft. Nobody was drafting them. They were all uh, High School Musical songs or Zombies songs, but not Descendants songs. We could do Zombies sometime, too. Uh, that, that one has been requested <laughs> in my household. Uh, I have not I have not watched it, so I don't have any. Yeah, they just, uh, I don't know. Descendants 2 has some cool songs. Descendants 1, I feel like the, the music is not the strongest. I like the dancing in the in, at the very end when they're all at the castle and they're dancing, but I don't have any idea what that song is about. It's not a, they're, we're all in this together, where, where it like really sticks with you. I just know that visually I like what's going on. Uh, but I don't understand the song at all. The opening, uh, is it Rotten to the Core? Is that what the first song is called? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that has a strong Newsies vibe (laughs) to me of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, marching through the streets with purpose. You know, that that worked uh, as, as like, an opening number to kind of pull you in. I thought Mm -hmm. thought that was okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, I feel like it's not quite up to the level of High School Musical 2. I feel like, like, I could literally tell you none of the lyrics of her little love song when uh the beast is underwater for six minutes Mm-mm. yeah um, i feel like they needed to go in the direction that frozen 2 went with the love ballad <laughs> like just really be so self-aware about what's oh, happening yeah. uh yeah in a, and make it like really fun that way instead of mm-hmm. angsty and i think they were leaning into the angsty um and and it it didn't connect with me as much like mm-hmm. to the, I'm not saying I thought it was bad. I just really can't. I can barely remember it. <laughs> it's just kind of forgettable. I feel like the music of this is pretty forgettable for the most part. Um, unlike High School Musical two, which you know you have fabulous and bet on it. Um, that you know there's good stuff in there. Andrew, if you were going to make a recommendation for uh, DComs besides descendants a high school musical franchise and brink what what are some de- good decoms that exist out there um so i would say like stuff that's going to be in the top tier includes halloween town uh luck of the irish smart house um the, i mean those are i think going to be in in everyone's top johnny tsunami is dynamite um <laughs> so funny this is like such a completely different world <laughs> was johnny tsunami is dynamite the name of the sequel <laughs> to the first johnny no the sequel was johnny tsunami back on board which i haven't seen the sequel back so board. of course it's called back on board um johnny tsunami needs his mommy i'm just trying to work with the right team johnny tsunami taste umami uh what no. Um, I mean, Phantom of the Megaplex is not bad. Phantom of the Megaplex? Yes. Okay. I mean, really, all you need to do, you just hit the, the Disney Channel original movie collection in Disney Plus, and... No bad film. I mean, there, there's going to be, there's going to be good stuff in there. Okay. Um, I mean, I did not watch Cheetah Girls, but it is very well regarded overall. That's Kenny Ortega too, Girls isn't series. it? I don't know if that is. I think it is. 
Give me a moment, guys. <laughs> I'm looking up. <laughs> I'm almost. Cool. I'm almost positive. Okay. I mean, the the real challenge for me would be like, okay, what we need to do is just take the the list of Disney Channel original movies and and just go through it, and I can you know rank it by the star system. Oh, Todd, Todd, um, I believe you are incorrect. He directed Cheetah Girls too. Oh, <laughs> but not the first. Oh, not the first. Sorry, Kenny. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like, there's good stuff in there, guys. There's good stuff. People are being people are being sincere. Well, his first, you know what? I think it's his first fun. filmography credit was as the choreographer on Xanadu, one of the most notorious flops in Hollywood film history. Huh. Wow. Well, I mean, Newsies wasn't exactly a hit. It wasn't. No. I it, love it, Newsies. Oh, it, Todd, I can tell you right now, almost didn't I'm get made. Up, I think its budget was fifteen million dollars. It made two million dollars at the box office. What? It has definitely had a second life. Like it wouldn't have a Broadway show based on it if it had not had a long tail through VHS yeah. and Disney broadcast and and cable. Oh man, Newsies is fantastic. It definitely found its audience after the theater, but in the theater, oh, I stand that, by that was not a success at all. Man, people don't know what's good for them. We need more. Uh, what is it? Quality by exposure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was the term. <laughs> Well, uh, was it was it actual quality or just assumed quality through exposure? <laughs> I don't uh, know. A, a belief of quality <laughs> yes. as a result of exposure. All right. So I, my closing statement is this. All of these things that we've talked about, the high school musical films, the Descendants films, um, you know, there there are things that I will uh, point at and, and make fun of, you know, like good humored well-intentioned fun um there are some things that i actually legitimately kind of drive me crazy like like all the dumb dads um but i do think that's a fair criticism i think that these are really fun and i think there are way worse things that our kids could be watching and especially the thing that i love the very most about this is just talking to my kids because they get stuff and and when when i talk to them about this they, you know, they laugh at things, but they also, you know, we talk about, we talk about the, we were, we were sitting around the table. So we do homeschool, like pretty much everybody in the universe now. Um, but we were doing it before it was cool. And, um, and we're, we were doing literature and we were, we actually read for literature, um, Ender's Game. And there's this cool scene in Ender's Game where, uh, Ender is, uh, he's given a position as commander for the first time and Bean is in his little squadron and he can tell that Bean is really smart and that he's going to stand out. And so he starts being really mean to Bean. And then he realizes what he's doing, that what he's doing is exactly what they did to him. And he, there's this really uh, profound moment where Ender says, just because people treated me like this um, doesn't mean that I have to behave this way. So I'm like, uh, I have, you know, gird up my teaching loins and I'm like, okay, kids, this is a really important lesson uh, about that. You know, our lives are not determined by, uh, you know, by our upbringing or whatever. We make choices. We have agency. We can choose who we want to be. Um, And this is so important. And we see it in the Bible and we see it all through the scriptures. And my daughter looks at me and she goes, dad, this is basically the message of descendants. (laughs) uh you're right (laughs) it is a message of descendants uh 
So I, I mean, I, the, the most important thing I think is, uh, you know, if your kids are watching this stuff, I would say, talk to them about it and ask them questions and, uh, you know, ask them what stands out to, to them and sit down and watch it with them. It is fun. I think it's super fun to sit down and watch these with my kids. And we laugh about, um, you know, about Troy not closing the door when he gets dressed <laughs> and other various and sundry things. Well, I'm just, uh, for my final thoughts, I was scrolling through the notes that my daughter had sent me and she sent me many. Uh, and I just wanted to share a few that I spotted as I went through there. Uh, it, it, regarding the, I don't dance baseball number. She had a note uh, that I think Chad had three outs already. That's one, <laughs> one that she sent. She has a note that just says Ryan's hats, and I know exactly what she means. Oh, oh that's, yes. It, his hats are a thing. <laughs> yes, his, his hat his game hats is are, fabulous. Yeah, yeah, his hat game is like Chad's t-shirt game. <laughs> yes. Um, and she has a note that says, singing in black, he does some weird leap things. And immediately I knew what she was talking about as well there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing some weird, weird leap things. Um, let's see. Uh, well, let me let me find one more. Uh, it just says, Troy's scream after dinner. So I think that's the final note that we should end on. Oh, oh right. wait, never mind. I see a better one. It says, pink fuzzy golf cart. I want a pink fuzzy golf cart now. <laughs> that is my note. <laughs> From my daughter, <laughs> that's her face. <laughs> Golf cart that she was inspired by. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, listeners, for downloading this, our 300th episode. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out episode number 178, when we talked about High School Musical. You can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or us on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod or at Dudorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at Isminute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. Thanks again for listening. And we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. The boss, whose name I can't remember. Um, f- f- I, Fulton. Fulton? Let's go with Fulton. We're going to say Fulton, and <laughs> listeners can be angry at us. <laughs> yell sure his that. name. <laughs> I am sure his name is not Fulton. Uh, Let me take a moment me. and check the musical. Race you to it. Uh, well, you're going to win because I've hit enter. Nothing is happening on my web browser. <laughs> uh, Hudgens, Evans, Corbin Blue. What a name. Uh, Corbin Blue. <laughs> That's Chad. That's Chad's name. Corbin Blue. Um, He's done some stuff on Broadway. Evans. It's Fulton. Mr. Fulton. Oh, Man, why were... do I ever doubt myself? <laughs> I see my...